Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they What an excellent day for an exorcism. You wouldn't be able to do these awful things to me if I were still in this chair. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chair. Who's in the box? Put the gun down, baby. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Wolves on the territorial range of about 300 miles, and they kill range of 30. If we're close to their dam, and if we're within that radius, then they'll come after us. How can we tell if we're close? We can't. What in God's name are you talking about? Yes, son, Mr. Thornton. The son of the devil. He must die, Mr. Thorn! You do not want to go that way. What's that way? Officer, sir, you do not want to go that way. We're going to the mall. Hello, Dexter Morgan. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion of our film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? <laughs> I am mentally unstable. That, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair <laughs> point. We, 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 we were all normal, and then someone somewhere made us abnormal because they... As, as Taylor Swift says in her video, Andy nobody Hitter, cares what Taylor Swift says. Yeah, but but there's a great thing she, she in the state of chalk, New York. There's a chalkboard in the state of New York. It, it, she says in the state of New York will betray you. In All the right. state of New York and in the state of New York. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? Uh, nothing a hug and a kiss couldn't fix. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Very good. All right. So today, uh, for folks who are curious, because sometimes we release these episodes uh, not necessarily in order, but this one will probably be released uh, immediately, probably uh, sometime early next week. Uh, today is April 27th, 2023. Some of our listeners, like Pam, are always curious when we uh, release when we record the episode, so we date timestamp them, I should say. Actually, not timestamp, date stamp. I was right the first time. Anyway, uh, what we are, uh, basically we are Dark Discussions podcast, which discusses horror films, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, foreign language films, uh, midnight movies, cult films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we do have an email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. That is the best way to reach us at the moment. Uh, we do have a email on the website, too, uh, a contact us form uh, on the menu, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. However, um, that is in, in repair at the moment, so if that doesn't work, darkdiscussions at AOL.com is the way to go. Uh, we will read your email on the podcast and whatnot. Uh, Eric, also, uh, we do have uh, something else uh, on the website? We do. We have a link to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to our online artists like us. Producing this show is not free. We have to pay for things like uh, website domains and uh, server hosting and uh, movie rentals and computer equipment and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help 
support the show, that's how you can go. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions, or you can click on the Patreon badge on any page of dark discussions.com. Uh, we greatly appreciate all contributions. Indeed, indeed. And uh, that's pretty much uh, the, early, the beginning house cleaning. If we, we have time at the end of the episode, we'll uh, discuss uh, what we've been watching and maybe some horror and, and genre news. Uh, but uh, at this point, I think we can get into our topic tonight. So, uh, Eric, uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about the new horror movie currently in theaters, Evil Dead Rise. First, 2023, everywhere movies are found. It's part of the Warner Brothers distribution. It was originally going to be a direct to DVD on HBO Max, or what I think is now called Max. Uh, but they decided, after testing it with screening audiences, to release it directly to theaters. The film is directed by Irish director Lee Cronin. 
and also written by him. Uh, the story obviously is based off the characters by Sam Raimi. The film is uh, produced by Rob Tappert, who produced pretty much all the Evil Dead films, because this is part of a franchise starting with uh, 1981's Evil Dead. Uh, the film stars Lily Sullivan, Elisa Sutherland, Morgan Davies, Gabriel Eccles, and Neil Fisher. Uh, the film actually uh, has a lot of foreign actors, meaning uh, non uh, American actors, uh, because it was actually filmed in New Zealand. Uh, the film uh, was part of uh, New Line Cinema, um, and I do believe it may have been a Ghost House Pictures as well, because uh, that is uh, Tapper, Ramey, and Campbell's uh, producing company. Uh, the film uh, is relieved, received uh uh, reviews, as mentioned, it got good reviews by test audiences and as well as uh, critics, uh, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, if that matters to you, uh, for 173 critical reviews. Um, so that's pretty much all I got, except maybe some box office. It actually made uh, $46.9 million uh, since its release. And that was actually uh, more than expected. It made at least $10 million more than the projections. And if you include uh, worldwide, uh, it then made over $30 million more than expected. Um, so it, it actually uh, was a quote-unquote surprise hit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what it does in its second week at theaters. Uh, of course, it did not beat uh, the Mario Brothers movie, uh, which has become a monster itself. Uh, but it did come in number two travesty. In, in North American um, uh, theaters. Uh, and that's, it depends. Uh, actually, uh, that, that Mario Brothers is a pretty fun film for uh, the young ones. Uh, or fans of, of that series. All right, so uh, let's get into our thoughts on this film here, uh, once again called Evil Dead Rise. And uh, let's start with you, Barrett. Um, yeah, I really, really, really like this film. Uh, I am a fan of the Evil Dead franchise. Um, I'm a big fan of Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. I was trepidatious about this film just because, you know, you start getting further into iterations of a franchise and things can really get bad. Um, the last movie was kind of a remake and I did, you know, it was fine. It was gory, uh, but it really didn't do anything for me. This one I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was, um, a fun story. It had lots of gore. Um, it just flowed really well. I thought the kids, it was surprising for how many younger people were in the movie. They did a fairly good job of acting. Um, so, yeah, it's it's well worth seeing. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, uh, we, we actually reviewed the 2013 film on the podcast. Um, and I've I said uh, probably forever until... Uh, Skin or Marink or whatever the hell that crappy film was. Uh, it was arguably the worst film I ever uh, reviewed on the podcast. I hated that 2013 film. I thought it was terrible. So when this film came out, I, I, I didn't really worry that much because, again, I, I always try to judge films um, by uh, seeing them without trying to add uh, prejudgment beforehand. There's a couple exceptions, of course, but uh, sometimes I... I 
overhype a film and then I get disappointed. Uh, this film here, though, I saw that Lee Cronin was directing it and not the prior director. And that actually was a, it was a very good thing for me. Uh, not that I disliked the prior director because uh, Don't Breathe was a pretty good film that he did. Uh, but with Evil Dead, he was just horrible, I felt. So Lee Cronin, who uh, did a really great film a couple of years ago that actually at one point was my favorite film of the year before it fell to like number 12 or something. Uh, he directed a, a really good film called The Hole in the Ground, and we actually did an episode on that. Um, so uh, I went in pretty much uh, blind, even though I did unfortunately see the, the, the trailer because the trailer just kept on popping up over and over and over on YouTube. And uh, my kids even had to see the trailer a couple of times because they watch a lot of YouTube shows. And so to humorize them because they love horror, or at least know I love horror films, so they like talking about them a lot, um, they showed me the trailer and I saw the trailer. I, I, uh, I, I, yes, Never mind. I'll ask. I'll ask later. Just keep going. Well, well, no, no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to bash trailers like I usually do, Mike. It's just that the trailer did. No, it's the, it's the, 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 how are you being forced to watch the trailers on YouTube? Oh, oh, oh. Because my, my, like I said, I had to humor my kids, and I, I didn't want to say oh, I can't watch the trailer because they wanted to show me the trailer. So I said, all right, fine, I'll watch the trailer. But it was everywhere. It's hard to miss this trailer. Oh, it was. I, went I understand to a... when you're in the theater and the trailer is yeah. up there. But... Well, I just, I just explained it to you, Mike. I had to humor my kids. So anyway, um, so I went into the film, I think two days ago. It was, yeah, it was Tuesday night uh, that I went to see it. Uh, and it was actually a pretty packed uh, audience because uh, this week in New Hampshire, where I live, uh, is uh, school vacation, April vacation week. And so there was a lot of high school folks in the, in the crowd. Uh, but uh, uh, no, no one, that was annoying. There, there was there was no issues or anything. Um, so... Um, as I stated, uh, the 2013 film was arguably one of the bottom five films, in my opinion, that we ever reviewed on this podcast. Um, and not to say that this Evil Dead Rise is a is a five uh, or or whatever, but it is definitely one of the best films uh, we're ever going to review on this podcast up to date because this film was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed this film a whole lot. It was easily one of the, the best horror films I've seen in a long time. That It scared me. It had me tense. Uh, there was nothing that pandered to me. Um, it, it, As Eric Barrett said to me offline when I was contacting him on text, uh, it kept to the, the, um, the things about the franchise that were good, uh, but it was original enough uh, to be its own story as well. So uh, I recommend um, MJ Preston. He actually uh, contacted me yesterday because he wanted to join us tonight, but he didn't have time to to see the film because he said, hey, I'll join you guys tomorrow. I go, what's the film? And I said, oh, it's Evil Dead Rise. Go see it. He goes, oh, I can't. I don't have time to see it. I go, oh, well, make sure you see it because it's awesome. Uh, so a big thumbs up for me. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to delve into the psychological issues of how you've gone from the worst film ever to the best film ever in this within two things of the same franchise. But uh, that's that's a whole other matter. Different director. Uh, different director. Different, different yeah, director. I understand. Um, uh, but speaking of, of, uh, of health issues, if you do, if your evil dead rises for more than four hours, please see a doctor. Um, <laughs> I like this a lot. Um, I was the default defender of the remake uh, when we covered it in the podcast because certain people hated it so much. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of it because I just 
had certain story issues. There were there was a pivotal scene in which uh, we didn't we were completely confused as to who a particular character was because they were just drenched in blood, and it kind of mattered how you interpreted the story based on who the character was. Um, but little things like that, it, it digged to the gore great, but I think it missed a lot of what appeals to me about the Evil Dead franchise. But I'm also willing to acknowledge that uh, it had some merits to it and a lot of people I know really like it and certainly I think the Gorehounds really like it uh, this I think dabbles a little bit in, in, in everything it's kind of giving you a little bit of best of both it feels much more like a fan film and I mean that in the best way uh, in that it's it does have samplings of it has like a lot of the gore and of the the remake uh but it's taking i think somewhat of the tone of the original series and that there's more playfulness to it the deadites are more taunting i think the decision to go the direction they did with with who is the deadite was inspired um i have one flaw with the film which anyone who has been listening to this podcast for the last 10 years will probably be able to guess what that flaw is, child is. <laughs> but um, uh, otherwise, I think it was really good. There was there, And one of my complaints about the last one is that it didn't feel inventive and creative mm. the way. And like it's hard when you're following up three Sam Raimi movies to match his visual flair, his visual often wit. Um, this feels like it was a little bit inventive. There's a scene out a door that I can't remember ever seeing something quite like that before. Uh, and I found that fun. Sure. So I like the story was, a, excuse me, very simple, stripped down, made it very easy to focus on just the horror elements, but it still worked as a story. So yeah, I would give this a very high recommend. It's probably my favorite horror film of this year so far, but we are a third of the way. Through. All right. Sounds good. And co-host Eric. Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of what's been said already. Um, I, too, did not care for the remake in 2013. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, uh, but that episode was actually one of the major influences in Mr. Watson becoming a podcaster because uh, he was listening to that. And he actually liked the remake quite a bit. So he was sitting there yelling at his phone. Um wanted to be part of the conversation and defend the movie and he couldn't. He was like, well, screw it. I'll make my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, but I did not. Well, buy it. He, was, very... he was wrong. He was wrong. It was a terrible <laughs> I had very low expectations going into this movie. Uh, and I was hugely surprised. Um, I think this film did a fantastic job of borrowing just the right bits from the original movies and then doing its own thing. Great gore. Um, totally gross. Um, I'm sure that, that Sam Raimi was, was you know, he was the executive producer on a movie, so I'm sort of sure he was, like, calling people going, make sure they puke in somebody's face, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he knows how to gross people out, and this movie certainly grossed me out at one point badly enough that I said, oh, God, out loud in the theater. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, this movie was fantastic. I loved it, and I disagree with Mike a little bit. I did feel like I was being pandered to at a couple of different spots, uh, but I didn't care. I was into it. 
<laughs> that was that was filled with was killing Pender. So, um, yeah, I I I love this movie. It's my favorite horror movie of the year so far. This is the one that everything's got to try and knock off the throne. All right, sounds good. I, I probably concur on that statement, Eric. And um, yeah, um, I, I do want everybody to know that is familiar with the franchise. This does not have any tongue-in-cheek humor. This is straight horror. So just be warned and don't think you're going to see Evil Dead 2 or, or Army of Darkness or uh, yeah, that's not what Evil this... Dead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely much different. This is, this there, is more... There, uh... there, is, there is some very dark humor in it. There, there, are, yeah. there are things that you're, you will... Not a whole lot, though. It's pretty straight. But, but, right, right. And that humor... Yes, it is. Yeah, that that humor. I concur, Mike. But but it's definitely not the the type of dark humor that we saw in in the Sam Raimi films. Put it that way. Definitely not like Army of Darkness. Probably closer no, no, no. to like Evil Dead, but nothing quite that far. Evil yeah. Dead Two, I mean. Sure, sure. So anyway, um, let's uh, uh, let's uh, get a IMDb, Eric. Or, I mean a wiki. No, a wiki. I have something else. Yeah, wiki. <laughs> wiki wiki. <laughs> a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Yeah, I don't like that uh, because the, the sisters were were pretty close, even if one was, uh, I guess, a. Uh, a wayward son in a sense, um, or a prodigal son in a sense, because, because they were, they, they were, they were pretty close. They were pretty close. The, the no, older sister, fighting. the older sister was always they there. Fighting. Yeah. But they, they hadn't seen each other in a while, but I wouldn't call it estranged. Estranged. I see as more of, they didn't try to communicate at all. Um, the sister tried to call her. The other one was just too self-absorbed. I mean, I don't think it was estrangement. Right, I, I would call it more the prodigal. That's why I said the prodigal of the way. Right. But, but Eric, your point's fair too. Um, uh, but the, the the weirdness of saying the the family dynamic or whatever it said, that those kind of silly. Um, but either way, um, what we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, basically, we don't just review as we just did. We gave our thoughts, and obviously, it appears that we all enjoyed this film tremendously. But what we do is we also critique and dissect the film. And before we do that, we will uh, talk about general stuff, so maybe the franchise, maybe comparing it to the other films, maybe talking about uh, the Negro Monica, or however you pronounce it, uh, and all this other stuff, or uh, just just horror films in general that and where it falls, you know, whatever. But then at a certain point, we'll throw up a spoiler alert, and then we'll talk about everything and anything. So we will uh, talk about the ending. We'll talk about who dies. We'll talk about specific scenes. Because, again, we're, we're going to critique and dissect and discuss what maybe the director and screenwriter, who is the same person, uh, was trying to say in the film. Because maybe maybe it, it actually had uh, symbolism and all this other stuff, too, besides just uh, a blast of a horror film. Or maybe not. <laughs> now, um <laughs> This is, this is where uh, we, we will begin with uh, uh, the general stuff, so not spoiling. And I want to start, which is um, I was talking to Mike uh, last week after uh, 
folks dropped off from uh, the offering. And uh, me and Mike were talking, and Mike, uh, I, sa- I said, yeah, my daughter really wanted to see this film, uh, my, fa- my seven-year-old, because she loves horror films. And when we went to see Merrill Brothers, uh, across the hall was The Evil Dead Rise, and my nine-year-old hates horror films. Well, she doesn't hate them, but she is very scared of them, especially when there's blood. And I said, hey, we're actually going to go see this film instead of Merrill Brothers. And my, my seven-year-old goes, oh, yeah, let's go see both. Because she wanted to see both, and my <laughs> oldest said, "Hell no!" And uh, of course, I was just kidding. But Mike did make a point when I was telling this story to Mike. He said, "Yeah, this film ain't for kids," and he's absolutely right. This film is definitely not for kids. Oh, what, what I'll especially say is this, and this, maybe this is a spoiler. So, as you all know, if you've watched an Evil Dead film, the point of the story is that it's not a zombie story; it's someone who is possessed. Um. And, and often that possession spreads to other people, uh, and they live to basically torture some poor son of a bitch. Um, well, and when you get possessed, possessed, too, you're done. You can't get You're done. Yeah, there is no coming back. Yeah. And in, in this particular case, um, the person possessed is the mother, so it's a story of a mother. Ooh, tormenting her. That's what I'm saying, though. It's, I said it's going to be a small story. It's the mother tormenting the children. And so I can't imagine if you are a young child, something that's going to be quite as frightening as that possibility might be. So I really, really would not recommend this for for I wouldn't recommend Absolutely. this for young children. It's an R-rated movie. It's not for kids. I don't understand why this is difficult. Well, but it well, is. I'll, I'll, I'll explain why. I, I can explain why. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, and technically, R-rated films are for those. Uh, 17 and older, at least in the United States, 17 and older, or with in a supervised situation. And as, as we know nowadays, if we look at older R-rated films, not not all of them, but but a good many, like Halloween by John Carpenter, for example, or or a few other films like that, you know, you could get away with kids seeing that and not really freaking out because. You know, I mean, nowadays with video games and just regular television, for Christ's sakes, you know, you see stuff like that all the time. And I and still so, don't think that makes it OK. I'm, I'm not saying it makes it OK or not, but it depends on what your definition of of uh, entertainment is. And, and if, you know, you have a 12 year old that just likes horror films, um, a buddy of mine, um, Hugh, that, that lives in town, his son is, I think, 15 or 14. And, you know, he, he's seen all the horror films. You know, you know, like Mike always says, you know, you go to school and the elementary school kids are all wearing Jason and Ghostface and, and Leatherface and, you know, on and on as costumes just as much and as they, they all have wearing. horrible parents. No, just because, because just as they would, you know, Frankenstein or Dracula or the werewolf, because these characters have become iconic. They, they've become uh, iconic horror you know, creatures. I mean, my, my that doesn't mean they've seen the movies. True. true. But well, then I, they're posers and they should be destroyed. But I, I agree but, with you on everything, Eric, but I do know a lot of children that <laughs> my, my, my kids have, um, uh, you know, gone to school with who have seen some of these films. And, and I, I have to admit, I, I've let my, uh, seven year old see a couple of, uh, horror films like uh, the original the first resident evil because we always played the games and so she wanted to see the first resident evil i let her see that because it, it was just zombie mostly zombie violence so i didn't i didn't too worry much about that but this film here this film in no way qualifies for children at all 
I think Mike's point really made brings that home. <laughs> just and the, I just I saw the fog in theaters when I was eight or nine with oh, my, right, my that's parents. That's what I'm talking about. And you saw the thing in theaters too, Mike. And I saw the thing in Poland. I saw a whole lot of R-rated film. Actually, you were like TV. 10, 11, 7, you know, all that. Stuff. Right. Well, not well, we seven. saw Charles uh, when we were six, right? And that, that was PG. Probably in, yeah, I know. Yeah, and you turned out fine. I saw Taxi <laughs> I saw a Taxi Driver at 10. Man, did you, Phil? We, we, we didn't know that. Dude, I saw Heavy Metal. I was able to sneak that one and get to see all the booms. It was awesome. Oh they were allowed to see it. But my point is, look, you know your kids, and you, you may have some idea what they can handle. I'm just saying, even if you might be normally tempted to let a kid see an R-rated film, I, I certainly think for a, a young child, um, uh, just the, the, the nature of it. Um, sort of like you know, Coraline with with other mother just makes me like really feel weird about letting a child see that. Um, right? That's yeah, a, I, I let my kids a, my kids watch that film twenty thirty times already, and uh, you know, with the 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 two old women with the boobs hanging out, and 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 then that mother that's gonna kill you and all that stuff. So yeah, that's 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 a weird film, but you're right, that's a PG film. Anyway, go on, Mike. But it's just because of the nature of it, and that specifically, because like the one thing a child should feel secure with is her is is her mom no offense to the dads out there um but yeah uh it's it's just yeah definitely not for children unless you want i to say if you're gonna fuck up your kid do it right and, <laughs> and if that's the case then it's yeah well there's a lot of mothers out there that. by both eric and mike well there's a lot of mothers out there uh that are pretty awful and, and uh um yeah, it's just how it is. But but yeah, I see your point, Mike. But that I mean, having a mother be the villain, um, even if like Caroline, I feel is is worse because it's not really the mother. It's while in in this one here, we they all know it's not the mother that's doing it. It's it's the demon, um, and it's and they know it right from the beginning. So it's it's not like the mother just suddenly started doing terrible things to the children in this film here. So. But they still can't detach themselves from knowing that that was their mother. So it's still kind of in their heads, even worse. Well, I think it's even worse than if it was. And that's and that's a that's an aspect of the story, right? Uh, as one of the events that happened at the door. Um, yep. Well, that's true. The youngest, absolutely. But by the end, she knows the truth, uh, and that's a fair point, though. Uh, both by both of you, um, I, I do feel that. Um, Barrett has made some good points about horror films generally nowadays where uh, Smile, which was a film we saw last year, which was yes. a great film, great film. That in no way was, was a film that a children should see. And, and you said children were in the audience. There was an eight year old in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that, and that kid, that kid ain't, ain't going to be making it to, you know, that kid's doomed. So forget that kid. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, this film is definitely not for children. Um, so that's all I wanted to start the, the conversation off with. Uh, so I have a question about the possession. It's kind of a general question. So do you feel like the way I feel is that they get possessed, but they're still there for a while getting pushed out? Or is that just a ploy of the demon to make them think that they're still there? Well, I'll, I'll, get, I'll tell you this, Barrett. This is my, my thought, at least in this episode of the franchise. The the soul is still there until she dies 
And then when she dies, yeah. that's what I was about to say. I hadn't thought of that part. I think okay. it's that way for all the Evil Dead movies. The, the, the soul is there until you actually kill the person, and then it's just an animated, possessed Corpse. body. Yeah. Right. But Got in it. this film here, the mother dies without being killed. And at that point, it, but it's still the same principle as you're saying, Eric, which is when she dies, whether it's killed or she just had the heart goes or whatever, she drowns or whatever, then the soul leaves and then it's just a, a, a vessel, yeah, for a demon. Okay. And that I was... think if you, if you know the Evil Dead franchise, um, there is no hope, right? Unlike yeah, like, if, right. another another movie. <laughs> yeah, this ain't uh, The Exorcist. This ain't The Exorcist. Like The Exorcist or The Pope's Exorcist, which just came out. There, there's a chance you, you go in there, you think they might save someone. If you've never seen it, I can see, imagine someone going to see this who's never seen an Evil Dead film before, wondering how exactly they're going to save the people who are, who are possessed. And pretty much everybody who's ever seen an Evil Dead film are just thinking, nope. <laughs> right, right. This is like a zombie film, in a sense, or wreck, if you want to just go with demons, where once, once you become a demon, you're done. It's all over. Forget it. Um, and, 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 I, the, and it's, it's all random, too. It, it's, yeah, it's, I was going to say, I like how they address that. Um, it's random on how it hits people in that, you know, in that one part when the priest is talking. Um, it's random, no knowing how it's going to happen or who it's going to happen to, which right. means it might not happen to some people. Like some people might be immune. You just don't know. Well, and, and in this case here, it's just bad luck. The mother was, was going to clean laundry, you know, yeah. and, and, and she just happened to be closest to, you know, the hole where the demon was going to come out of. And, and it's just bad luck. And it's very unfortunate because she, she seemed like a pretty decent human being. To be honest, everybody in this film seemed like pretty decent human beings. And, and I, even, even the, the neighbors. And so any, any deaths, even though you, you kind of knew who was going to die, in my opinion, it was sad because I, I didn't. I, I wasn't in this film like the first 2013 film where I just wanted them all to die because they were all losers. The, I liked all the characters here. I, I liked them a lot. And when they died, it was it was sad. Or when that, that when replaced, that's a big change because yeah, none yeah. of the characters in the first film or the remake were I thought terribly likable. Right. Um, no. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah, the mother it, went, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be the mother, but. I knew it because I saw the trailer, so I was like, "God damn it!" And, well, and even so, if you didn't see the trailer, the poster is yeah, yeah, yeah. The poster has a picture of her possessed and says, "Mommy loves you to death," so it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Now, I, I went in completely blind, honestly. Right, and I, the way I look at it, um, I was listening to the um, the Horror Countdown podcast, um, which a couple of us I think have, have guessed it on, um. That's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's Don and Ellie. He's a great guy. Yeah, and um, who I yeah. Yeah, had you, a disagreement you, with over the merits of the Evil Dead remake. Um, what, 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 recent, was the, what was what was the, oh you were you that wasn't the one I, I know because he was doing an art question. His one of his recent ones was sequels that are better than the original. And I said, well, if you consider the Evil Dead remake its own thing, yes, right? Yes. Meaning it's a start of a new chapter as opposed to and disconnected from the original trilogy. I definitely prefer evil dead rise over the evil dead remake. And, oh, uh, sure. and, he, took, yeah. and he, but no, he took issue with that because he loves the remake apparently for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so I think he's also just bigger into the gore. Um, but they did also on an episode, like what are the, 
the most horrific subgenres, the scariest subgenres of horror, sure. which had me thinking about horror subgenres. And I think they brought up Evil Dead under demonic horror. And I was just thinking about it. It's like I would probably throw Evil Dead, and again, recognizing that genres and therefore subgenres are somewhat arbitrary. The Venn um, diagram. Right. Um, I would probably throw Evil Dead less under demonic, even though I can certainly understand it being under demonic, and more under cosmic horror because it's more Lovecraftian. And to me, the difference is if something is demonic, it has it's it's got its roots more in mythology. Right? The exorcist is demonic. And to me, the catch with demonic is that you know, with the existing real world mythology, there's always a counterforce. There's a god, you know, to 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 counterbalance the evil. So there is a, that ray of hope. Whereas yeah. things that are Lovecraftian, it's a cold, impersonal universe, and yeah. God is of no use to you. May not even exist in that world. Well, you've um, got the Necronomicon, right? I mean, that right there. <laughs> well, yeah. we're talking about that later after the spoiler flag. Um. Yeah, there's some book stuff to talk about, so let's move on from that. So I was just saying that, so again, it's that, that there is that hopelessness, which is a feature of Evil Dead, until you really get to Army of Darkness, I would argue, and even then, there's loopholes. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, no, and, and that's fair, that's fair. Uh, yeah, it, it is a curious thing um, where to put the film... Uh, because, yeah, I, I would concur, even though there's demons or deadites, if you prefer, um, I, I never felt it it was like Christian or, or Judeo-Christian horror, you know, like right. offering, for example. Right. It's 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 more like, um, like you said, the Lovecraftian cosmic horror, you know, demons that are out Alien there. Alien intelligences yeah, but, that we but can't not, comprehend. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't if you like want to priest. get technical about it, in the very first Evil Dead movie, they refer to them as Kendarian demons. Right, right. Okay. okay. So they're demons. But oh, and even no, Kendarian. No, no, no. Is, it is a I'm unique right. lore to this series of movies. Oh, I'm agreeing. Yeah. Right, but I'm talking about demonic. It's right. that that's a name. It's not because they call them demons. It's that 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 right, it's not a traditional even, type of demon. But even if they're demons, they're not the demons of Christianity. Right. That right. yes. It, it, is, it, is a, it is a new lore invented by Sam Raimi and now continued. Right, right the right, same right. way you might have a if you wanted love demon or crafting creature. You're breaking up, Mike. Yeah, you're breaking up there, Mike. You can repeat yourself if you want. I said it's sort of like just as Lovecraft, it's its own Lovecraftian mythos. You can argue Kundarian, I guess, mythos. Right, right, and, but okay. but but the same. It's the same principle, which is they're evil. But the difference is there isn't a counter force of goodness that can fight them like say father callahan and salem's lot mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. right it's it's just there and when they appear it's, it's just bad yeah right <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, bad luck. It it, it's it's like it's like the bad luck of uh zombies just attacking you it's like what can you do it's it has no, or if and i'm gonna say it for eric if you're st- in the woods and a bear shows up it's like you can pray to God all you want, but it doesn't matter because the bear's right there. So unless you have your, well, there is a countering force, so but his name is Ash and he's tired. Yep. But, <laughs> but, but so 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 yeah yeah so so it's not like you can pull out you know and that's the thing that that is kind of cool about this movie here is because unlike the prior um, films, it was like 
scientists and, and professors at universities that were doing research in the book. Here, the, 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 the book is researched by Catholic priests. And it and they can't do anything with it because again this ha- these beings have nothing to do with God and Satan they're just like something else mm-hmm. and so they all get fucked and killed or whatever and and it's just bad luck for those people in 1923 when when um, the original story that this movie I guess occurs from. Um, happened, which was a long, long time, literally, literally a hundred years ago, because it's 2023 now. And yes, the records were 1923. And I thought that was a cool and probably intentional thing by uh, Lee Cronin. When when he, when yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So what else, uh, non-spoilery or or general stuff that we want to talk about here? I'll just Uh, say that I knew I was going to love this movie from literally the first shot. Uh, because the first shot was mimicking the opening shot of the evil dead and was skimming across the water. And I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself, Oh, they probably used a drone for this now. And then like 10 seconds later, it's revealed that it's actually a drone in the movie. And I was like, Oh, that was fucking sweet. (laughs) Totally agree. I love that. Right. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't the deadite it was a, it was actually a drone that was pretty awesome yeah it tricked us and and it, like you said it's a wink and a nod yeah and it was actually a drone the new technology of what 40 years later right uh, 42 right. years later imagine that 42 fucking Sit. years ago that's disgusting well, Sam uh, Raimi did it first with a piece of plywood you know it's just, right yeah. a, a camera on a two by four yeah, running through the forest. No, I like recently listened to um, North Carolina. The film cast. Uh, the film cast has a Patreon now, and if you sign up for the Patreon, you get their After Dark episodes. And on their After Dark episodes, they recently revisited the whole Evil Dead franchise. Um, and one of the things they were marveling over is some of the original, original stuff that Sam Raimi did in the first movie, because like. Yeah, he wasn't working with high-tech stuff. Yeah, Mike's right. He was working with a camera nailed to a board. (laughs) He had two dudes running through the woods with a two-by-four. And when you stop and think about the amount of trouble he went through to make that movie, it's insane. Um, And and kind of not fair that they can do it so easily now. Well, and Aaron, I I, want to say something, and... and this is general for all indie horror, low budget films, because even though Evil Dead has now become a, a mainstream franchise, just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just like Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. these these films were nothing. They were made by college students, and uh-huh. and, and, and and the and they turned what they knew from whatever, how they learned, whether they knew it from themselves or, or they learned it at school, they made masterpiece films. And it's just amazing that films like evil dead 1981 and the Texas chainsaw and, and night of the living dead and, and all these other films that, that I love today weren't had no Hollywood money at all, and and they're better. Oh, yeah, he has to good. go to the local dentist to get money. Right, right. And 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 by the way, and let's remember how it ends up, which which is with Sam Raimi directing billion dollar superhero films. <laughs> right. 
it, it's it, it is it is really when you step back and look at where it all began, it is a remarkable success story. Um. Well, yeah, but Mike, 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 you know, you, you're talking about, you know, the the two guys with plywood running through the woods and and then the, you know, whatever, hmm. and, and, and then you know, I, I, when Eric and you brought that up, I was thinking of the Sam, I mean, not Sam, the Toby Hooper one where where he he follows the girl in in the the jean shorts and goes underneath the the um, the uh, swinging chair and it's like it's just amazing and and you know none of that was done by drones or you know whatever you know and and everything now is is drones and all this great technology there and it's not even film it's digital and and these guys back in the day it's just amazing and again we're we're not talking about 19 i mean 2023 evil dead rise when we're talking about this but but this film is from a franchise that started where there was no drones, and they were and they had to use friggin' um, you know, uh, cranes and and all this other stuff. And it was not, you know, they had to use bloods, you know, that was made out of corn syrup instead of CGI. It's just amazing. And well, and and, and to get back to the film we're actually talking about today, um, I did appreciate that that it seems that the vast majority of the effects in this film were practical. Yes, absolutely practical. Or and I, I really appreciated that. Absolutely. Because you can tell when it's not actual liquid hitting somebody. As good as, as uh, you know, virtual physics are these days, you can still tell. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but sure. what we still have not, I think, quite gotten is fire and liquid. Um, blood in particular. Um, we've gotten maybe better with water. Oh, the blood is terrible. Yeah, those the blood, the blood, blood Well, yeah, it doesn't help that usually blood is being done on a low budget film, so they don't have the best scene. Because right, right. Just use, just throw ketchup or or, or make make the concert. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think I'm trying to remember if it was George Romero had a good point. Um, if you have to do multiple takes, you actually have to clean up the real blood. Yes, and that takes time, and that takes money, and if you're a low budget. Would you rather have the real blood and be able to do one take or two takes, or would you rather be able to do 15, 20 takes and not have to clean it up? So, which you can do for the same amount of time. So I understand it. I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but I certainly understand why they would make that decision. Yeah. Indeed. Um, but yeah, yeah. So this this film here, um, th- there was some CGI because you know to have the the veins and shit. To, you know they they did all that, but but it it wasn't uh, an issue, and and most of the blood was 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 real blood. So the, yeah, there's a blood with like, the blood in particular. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I when guess. I say real blood, I don't mean real blood. I mean um, uh, real fake blood. CGI, real fake blood. Yeah, not CGI blood. Put it that way. Yeah. And I could certainly see, like, there was a scene where someone bleeds from, the, there's a nosebleed. Um, and it's a full frontal nosebleed. So it's not one of those things where their head is turned to the side so you could hide a hose. Right. <laughs> and I'm watching, I'm pretty sure, though, that was real blood. It sure, it sure looked like it. And then they eye bleed, too. At the, and then yeah. they eye bleed. So my guess <laughs> is probably what they, I wouldn't, it, I would not be shocked if what they did is, 
like put the hoses on her face, maybe made them over or something, and then digitally removed the hoses. Yeah. So that they could use the real blood. Right. That would be my first guess as to how they did that, because otherwise I can't imagine how they did it. Because there's just so much blood that comes out, and it looks so good that it's either some of the best digital blood I've ever seen, because she also touches her face and smears it. Hmm. Um. Well, and that would be a good use of the way to use CGI to just delete stuff rather than add stuff. Or they yeah, remove yeah, that, that you're yeah. looking for, which is right. the hoses. I, Go I, with I, practical I, effects. Yeah, I, I love your point, Barrett, because, uh, you know, there, there's, there was a debate a couple of years ago uh, with War of the Worlds from 1950-whatever. And should they delete with CGI the the, the strings that are holding the, the spaceships? And... And the point is, is why not? Because if the director could have done it back then, he would have. Right. Well, there were other people saying, well, yeah, yeah but, 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 but you're changing the film, you know, so it's. it's oh, and the, but I can make a flip side argument to that, which is that if the director had access to CGI, wouldn't he have used CGI aliens and CGI ship? And what wouldn't have the director used back then if he had access to it? I was recently so, watching. Um, there's a uh, documentary that comes on the disc with Jaws, if you purchase it, called The Shark is Still Working. Mm-hmm. Um, great doc. It is, it is a great documentary. Uh, and in one of the little interviews with Steven Spielberg, he addresses that. He's like, if I had made Jaws in 2005, yeah, I, I would have done a digital shark, and it wouldn't have looked as good. <laughs> He's like, oh, of course I would have, because using a mechanical shark in the ocean is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to Jurassic Park and he still has animatronics, right? Yeah, I mean, um, somewhat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's kind of a, you know, they've gone fully digital now, right? But it looked better in the original Jurassic Park to me. No, and I, I agree that uh, the use of, of digital uh, effects is probably better, uh, or let's say better looking to use it as an enhancement rather than a replacement. Exactly. Yep. And as a good comparison, look at the prequel to The Thing from 2011. Gosh, <laughs> Don't get fucking Phil started. That's his other hate. I don't want to listen to that rant too. I already listened to yeah. one of his rants tonight. <laughs> but 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 honestly, uh, Eric did make a great point, which is yeah, this film this film uh, did everything right um, with 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 the practical. And, and CGI effects, it, it used the, the correct ones at the right time without making the film uh, ruined in the sense that it pulls us out because we know, oh, that's so fake. You know, I right. mean, we, we just did a cinema a la carte the other night. And uh, at the time, the, the effects were, were fine because it was 1972 film, The Poseidon Adventure. But, you know, you could tell when they did uh, a close up of the ship that the ship was, was a t- in, the t- in a tank and it was a fake ship. Even if it was a, a big model, it was still a fake mm-hmm. ship. You could tell. Because, again, it was 1972. Uh, but here, you, we don't get any of that because they knew where to use the proper uh, well, practice. To be facts. fair, there were some places where you could tell it was CGI. Right. And you know what? That's okay. <clears throat> there, yeah. there was a particular thing at the end of the movie where they could, they, you can't do that practically. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> And and the flip side to that, of course, is to be fair, we've all you never hear this argument. Oh, I can tell that's makeup. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh, I can tell that's an optical processing shot. 
Right, or a man in a rubber suit or whatever. Or man, yeah, I mean, you can always, just being able to know how it's done and spot it, we're just used to it because our generation grew up on practical makeup right. and optical effects. And so, yeah, of course, we can spot those things, but we are used to spotting those things, and so we dismiss it because it's what we are used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder if I'm if I'm asking someone who's 15 if they're going to go, yeah, that looks so fake. It's clearly a man in makeup, and they're not going to care about the CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of it may be having too many kids on our lawn. <laughs> just a possibility oh and i want to say that this film you know i always complain about flashbacks this whole film's a flashback but it's used effectively yeah you know and that's not that's one of my least favorite movie opening techniques yeah mine too you know, yep. 48 hours earlier i was like ah, shut up uh, <laughs> but, but they I, don't I do don't think it was harmful right? in this case though yeah, right. they, they don't they don't put a plaque ad up that says forty eight hours earlier or anything like that. And no, they put they put the one day earlier up. Twenty four yeah, yeah. yeah. earlier. Yeah. Oh, they um, I must have missed that. But, but I, here's I the thing: right, nobody ahead. in that opening segment is in the rest of the film. Right, right. And it's always got you wondering how do how do they relate? That's not true, Mike. There's one. Well, they're in the end credit scene. At the at like the very very end, right? Until they until the connection between the 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 pre-credit sequence and the main right. story happens. You don't really see any of those characters. But but you know what? It, there's a couple of things. One, it makes it really good in the sense that the the first five minutes is like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? Because it was a fucking great <laughs> first five right. minutes. And 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 you think characters are you know I, we we just saw a movie called Sick, which is a really good horror film. And we, 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 we did an episode on it. Unfortunately, the director, um, uh, we were going to interview, but but things must have happened and, and he couldn't do it. But either way, we were introduced similar to characters like this in this film here. But those characters were the main characters here. They weren't. And, and it was like, wow, that was pretty awesome. And it ties in to the end and it all makes sense. Even if you could say, you know, they kind of cheated, but they really didn't. So I, I was okay with it. I, I, I was confused, but it was an awesome be- beginning. So it didn't really bother me. Well, and if you're not hook. looking at it and saying, Oh, look, there's the neighbor that we saw killed in the pre-credit sequence. So we know this neighbor is going to die, but we know they're not going to die. Now they're going to die at the end of the film. <laughs> True. So right, it, it's a good hook to make you look for, Who's who from that opening is going to be in this, and you don't get satisfaction until the end credits. Well, it's a standard. Right. It's a standard trope in horror films. If you take out the twenty-four hours earlier, or one day earlier, or whatever it was they said, is it really any different than, uh, let's say, Friday the Thirteenth film that opens off with a random kid getting killed, running through the woods before we switch to our main story? Other than the fact that it's it's a way to it's because they know they have to spend fifteen to thirty minutes setting the story up. So there's so people are not going to get what they paid for, and they don't want them to be bored. So they start with a little bit of dessert before they get to the appetizer. No, and that's fine. And this movie did it right. Uh, yes. When they when they don't do it right is when you see that person die in the opening sequence, and then 
Right. 24 hours earlier, they're in the opening scene. It's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> we know he's, yeah, we already know they're going to die. Right. Right. And, yeah. But you know what? Since I missed the placard that said 24 hours earlier or whatever, um, or 24 hours later or whatever, I was thinking that the blonde woman in the five minute intro was maybe the youngest daughter like 15 years later or something mm, mm, because I, I missed that. Yeah. So, so if I had seen that placard, then maybe I would have, you know, felt that's kind of neat how it can get you to think. What are you looking at that. Phil? You just had that bonkers opening. <laughs> you missed the placard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I missed the placard. I, honestly, I, I, I don't even know. It's weird. <laughs> You're probably texting. Um, I would not think Phil would be such a horrible person as to text once the movie. Oh, yeah. I've seen him be a horrible person and text in the movie theater. <laughs> no, 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 that's, what that's, he's that's texting is saying, hey, dear, just so you know, I dropped my kid. The kid's off in Mario. I snuck next door to watch The Evil Dead. I'll make sure though they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I don't text during the films. Maybe, I don't believe you. Maybe during the credits. But I'm not the credits. I'm no, pretty sure you have credits. actively texted me during a movie before. I was the only person in the... I had my pants on. And you're still actively texting during a movie. But no one was there. If he's the only one in the theater, that's okay if he's the only one. He's the only one in the theater. I'm good with that. Ms. Byron, would you care to revise your original statement? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. anyway, Is it um, fair to say you never texted a film when there are other people in the theater whose enjoyment may be disrupted by your texting? Actually, actually... Actually, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I missed it. And oh yeah, you know what? No, no, I no, I don't, I don't think I did text. I, I, I don't know how I missed it. I was thinking like, like that. Now we were, you're right. Eric, Eric is right. Eric is right. Sometimes I'll like text in the middle, like twenty minutes in, and say I'm twenty minutes in, and this film's fucking awesome or whatever. But I don't think I, I don't think I did. That. I don't think I did that. I don't think I did. Well, and I didn't I, get it. Yeah, because I, I, the only people I texted about this movie was Mike, you, Eric, Barrett, and Watson, and not oh, and, and MJ Preston and Sean. But that was after the, the theater for sure. So I don't, I don't think I did. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I'm I guessing because in, in our little Facebook message group, I had posted that I after the movie was over, I posted that I just got out of Evil Dead Rise, and I'm curious to see why Phil's going to hate it. <laughs> and so I have a feeling that's why he messaged me. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I messaged I messaged you when I was in the car. I was walking to the car when I I, I texted you, Mike. Oh, I was very pleasantly surprised because I I love the film and I'm like I can't I don't know why you're going to hate this movie, but I just kind of felt like you might. Right, right, right. Because I also yeah, don't yeah. understand your absolute hatred of the the last one, which I understand not liking it. I just don't understand the. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, Mike. I don't get that either. But well, for me, that. it was just, it was just crap. That that movie was so fucking terrible. All I could watch. I'm not time to that. that. Anyway. Episodes on the webpage if people want to go listen to it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That is that is regardless. Uh, I would put that. I still hold that as one of my at least from the point of view of someone recording it as as uh, one of the top ten episodes we've oh, ever yeah. done. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was, that was a <laughs> episode. even though it was basically. Four or five old white guys taking a 
a, a baseball bat to the shins oh. of the director. Oh, he deserved it. We gave him a <laughs> Cleveland steamer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I I, I just rewatched uh, the Dark Knight uh, last night, and, and all I, I I could think of is yeah, that guy deserved a Glasgow smile. <laughs> it was so fucking terrible. Anyway, um, back to this movie here. Um, let's see. So, uh, what else did anybody want to bring up that is non-spoiler that that uh, was interesting? I'm really good at uh, spoiler. Yeah, I think we. Well, yeah, the basic there is a story here, and it's a threadbare story as it should in a horror film like this. And it is simply um, a mother raising three children, the sister who is a roadie. Uh, has come home to visit because she she has her own issues. Um, She's and a guitar it, tech, Mike. Yeah, well, get it right, Brody. And she <laughs> and she uh, uh groupie. She's, she's unaware because she's been so involved in her own life. She's unaware that the the father has left the mother, um, and that they're being evicted out of their apartment. And that's. More or less, that's the the interpersonal drama, which I should point out never gets any resolution whatsoever. <laughs> Life happens, or if you prefer, death happens. If you want to be more specific, evil death happens. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I think they do a good job of setting up the characters. They're thin. It's a horror movie. But they set them up. They're likable. They're relatable. We can understand their their motives and their desires and where they're going. Um, and that includes the three children, which are his son, who I may be the oldest. It's hard to tell because he's a boy and therefore taller than the girl, who probably is around a similar age but shorter because she's a girl. Um, so they're, they're but they're both teens. And then there's a young daughter who's like about nine. Um. I'm and, thinking, and the, I think I'm thinking they, the the older daughter is the oldest because she's the one that she kind of bosses him around a bit, and I don't think it's because yeah, that's the, true. That yeah, is but true. anyway, continue. But yeah, so but uh, and you get like the, the the son wants to seems to have DJ dreams. Uh, the daughter is the the activist type, um, and the the other daughter, the youngest daughter, is. Um, you know, she's your like, little precocious little girl, but she's not annoying, which it could have been. But it's a yes, good thing she's thank not God annoying. She's not. That, that really could have. Uh, that really could have. Like, like if it, if she was like Carrie Ann from Poltergeist, where you just like leave her the fuck in the television. Leave her. <laughs> uh, maybe she's gone. Different. Thank God. Yeah, but no. Oh, so into the light. <laughs> <laughs> into the light. Yeah. Uh, Mom and dad are just going to get high in the bedroom and have some sex. You you go explore the channels, dear. We'll make uh, more. <laughs> but you do like the characters. You do care for the characters, and you almost don't want them to die a horrible death. Almost. 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 A little bit. No, no, I, I'm right there with you. I, I, I didn't hate any of the characters. Not necessarily uh, people I could relate to necessarily, but they weren't any anything that annoyed me. They were decent human beings. They were, you know, kids. And, and I the mother... really, I'm sorry, I could totally cut you off. Oh, I, I was just going to finish the sentence, which was the mother and the sister were okay in my book. So yeah, that's all I had to say. So continue. 
Um, I was just going to say, <clears throat> excuse me. I really enjoyed Lily Sullivan in this movie. She had like a Michelle Rodriguez vibe going on, and I liked it a lot. That the because I, I don't know who that was. Assist, that was that the, the the guitarist. The sister. The, the sister, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I I, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, I don't know if I I, I would feel that way, but I, I did like her um, because I felt she was. Um, I don't know, just just uh, you know, a, a, a decent person that wasn't stuck in a situation, came home, probably was going to move in with the sister and the family uh, with no issues. Um. So yeah, I, I liked it, liked her for a different reason, but I, I, I concur with you, Eric. That she was a likable character for sure, and and the actress was good. She, yeah, she was a strong character. She had flaws, um, and it made her character more powerful. I thought. Yeah, honestly, I, I felt the mother was the, the 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 character I liked the best because she was a pretty strong person. I felt as well, Eric, and you know because she's here. You know, unlike her sister, she had three kids. She had to find a place to live. She had a a deadbeat husband. We're assuming again. We don't know both sides of the story, but. All in all, um, she, she was a, she was a good person. Uh, the, the sister affirmed it by saying, "You know, no matter what I did to you or shit on you or whatever, I could come right back and you would accept me with open arms." And and when she things happened to her, the the mother, it, it, I, I was heartbroken to be honest. But I don't <laughs> want to spoil it, so. So, and so I, flag? Spoiler flag. Let's do it. So, spoiler flag is up. So, at this point, we're going to talk about everything and anything related to the film. So, uh, uh, be warned. And uh, if you want to see the film before we, uh, or before you listen to the next uh, part of this podcast, please do so. Otherwise, uh, you've been warned. Uh, all right. So, let's uh, talk about everything and anything. Okay, I want to talk about the the scene through the um the hole in the door. I thought that was really really effective and really well done. Yeah, yeah, and that that was what I was saying. When I don't think I've ever I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen that before. Before I've seen a lot of hallway scenes and certainly a lot of point of view scenes, but having the uh, them watch the carnage of the hallway as the mother murders all the neighbors, almost all of it off screen. I should add. Yeah, just through the limited view of the peephole. You know where uh, I, saw, I thought that was terrific. You know where I saw it before? I saw it in a video game. It was Silent Hill Four, the mm-hmm. room. Okay. And and you're in this. You start off in this room, and then you go through like a closet or something to get into the the hell world or whatever. But you're in the room, and it's really an apartment. And every so often you, you, you have to, or you want to look through that hole and you see shit like this. And, and, um, I don't know if they, meaning Lee Cronin saw or played that game, but 
it, it was similar and and but but again it w- it was still awesome and and well done and like you said Mike you know you only have a certain amount of angle you can't move the camera because you're just looking through this people so when people get killed or or things happen you know what's happening but you don't see it because it's off screen and it was well done so I I would concur with 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 you on that Mike yeah I think it was one of the most effective scenes of the movie. But I'm also curious, so where do you f- feel we were being pandered to, Eric? I, I have well, thoughts couple, of my own. A couple of the things they lifted from the earlier movies were clearly yeah, yeah. just thrown in for fan service. Well, uh, like her in the elevator where her her legs get separated? Well, like, yes. I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, come get Dead some. by dawn, dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. see, to me, that's, especially the, the swallow your soul. That's, that's the spot that's, of the mythos, right? That's the mythos. To me, that's like saying Jaws 2 ripped off Jaws 1 by having a fin in the water. Um, but yeah, I would agree. So, obviously, the, the camera... I, and the I didn't hate it. I was there for it. I'm just saying yeah. I it was deliberately put there for fan service. That's all. Yeah, did yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and that's uh, pandering. I agree. I, I just... Uh, curious did you notice that they ordered they ordered pizza in the movie? Spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice the, the, the brand of pizza? No, but I, I heard somebody else talk about it. It was, it was Henriette's Pizza. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. That's, I didn't notice that. That, that was the, the grandmother or mother or whatever, yeah. I'll tell you yeah, what, the, the, that pizza would have made it thing. home. <laughs> it's not like the boxes were ripped open. It just was sticking to part of the box. That right, 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 right. Right, that was weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had pizza delivered to me that looked like that. Uh-huh. I ate it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's pizza. To the best of my knowledge... Without the uh, without it being dropped, but just because we have You're fucking chew it anyway. What's the big fucking deal? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sam so, so likes a lot of cheese. I don't like a lot of cheese, so it works perfectly for us. She eats off the slop side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Pam. Mm. No, but like that that moment at the end of the movie, uh, they like paused for a couple of seconds so you could. 100% see it coming and I knew it was coming and I still almost wanted to stand up and cheer anyway when she said come get some <laughs> <laughs> well just the fact that even a casual fan um, and I, I probably would put my wife in this category even though she's uh, like we, we watched during the pandemic Bruce Campbell did a live um, commentary for Pink was Evil Dead too. Yeah, okay. watch, but um, but she she really likes uh the Raimis and she really likes Bruce Campbell and you know that Bruce is an entertaining guy. But I mean, even but even a cat, you're going to pick up on the fact that she ends up with a boomstick and a chainsaw. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's not a subtle homage. You no, know? no, it's not. That's an homage. It's just slapping you in the face with its homage and daring you to suck it. <laughs> Speaking of slapping in the face with homages, how about the shining homage? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the elevator. Yep. Which, by the way, I heard they used seventeen hundred gallons of fake blood for. Well, and right after that, they do a, another pandering where they she's covered in blood, and they do that disjointed walking scene or running scene. No, so like um, I said, it was pandering, but I was there for it. Oh, yeah, there's, no, there's me too. Eyeball, right? and, but you know what? If, if you hadn't seen any of the original films, it wouldn't take you out of the film. 
No, no, no not at all. No, and I actually had all. that conversation with somebody. They were like, do I need to see the rest of the movies? I was like, no, if you did see the rest of the movies, you'd pick up on a bunch of Easter eggs, but you're, you're still gonna, you don't need to know that no, no, no. to understand what's going on. That's wrong. The correct answer is yes, you need to see the original films and you're a bad person if you don't. <laughs> you can certainly enjoy this film without having seen it. Um, there's the eyeball. Uh, and I'm trying to remember the context where the mother sucks out a neighbor's eyeball. Oh, yeah, that was nasty. And then I don't remember how the eyeball goes flying through the air. But it does, I think, go flying through the air and into, into the other neighbor's mouth, right? The other neighbor's mouth. And that, of course, is also a, a um, an homage. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Bruce Gamble did the sound effects for that. <laughs> did he? Yep. In the original or the current one? In this one. This is one. He, oh. yeah, his, his cameos were the priest on the record and then all the, the crazy sound effects. He, he, he did, you know, the, the, the ch- munching and, and, you know, the cracking of things, you know, like we see where, you know, people hit watermelons with hammers to make the splat sound. He did it all. He did all that stuff. Well, that is certainly a whole lot better than popping up in the post credits going groovy. In an unrelated scene to anything that you well, and, and and that's because that movie sucked. <laughs> but we're not here to relitigate that movie, so let's stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, that's my, my only nitpick with this movie is um, in 1923, priests are recording themselves on vinyl in a church. Dude, we were looking up when first color movie was, and it was actually way earlier than I or first color thing was. And well, it was the technology was around. I looked it up too, but are they going to have that at a church? <laughs> if it's Catholic church, they had money. Oh, they, they hadn't yet paid out for all the other stuff they were going to have to pay I out. I still for. think it's a little unusual. <laughs> oh, especially since they're using it for um, unsanctioned research. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I'll allow it because it fits under the rule of cool. It is for sure. What is this? Repeat this, Eric. I missed miss this. What, hold it. So you're you're mentioning what? The records. Yeah. Oh, oh, how they recorded them at 1923 and why? Yeah. The, <laughs> yes. The technology existed. I don't. I don't think it was anywhere near common, though. That's my point. Um, fair, enough, fair, enough, fair enough. They did set it up with the kid being the DJ, and that was kind of cool and everything. Well, I, and and I liked it too because when I was a kid, and this dates all of us, is I had records from the fifties and six, you know, all, all the shit from my father, mm-hmm. and 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 so you know you had the what was it, forty uh, fives and sixteens, I think they were, or forty fives and twelves, but there was also thirty threes and fifties. Thirty threes and forty fives were the most common, or the two big ones, yeah. Way back, yeah, and, yeah. and so I had I had records that played on like six different things and I have record players that switch to six different things. And and I liked how this kid here, he had record player, but it was the quote unquote fake record player, meaning, you know, the modern record player that you buy nowadays to do DJ shit off of or, or collect, you know, the, the LPs. But wouldn't have, you know, all the shit from the smaller records that I knew of when I was in my you know, in the seventies. And so he had to use his finger to spin it. And there was, I, no, I think what they were going for there is that the, the record was recorded at a non-standard RPM. Right. 
Okay, I thought it was out of date, like like the 1950, like half. They're they're, they're like not as big as LPs, but they're bigger than 45s. It looked now, like now a, my question like, is, I know I know the recording technology. When did they switch over from cylinders? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I that. I, 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 I looked it up. <laughs> it was bug. It was it was it was bugging me enough that I looked it up to at least make sure they got the the timeline right that it would have been around in 1923, and it was. They they could make a they could make a record in 1923. I just don't think that churches had the recording equipment hanging around. That's all. Right, right, and it couldn't have been cheap either at that time. You know. <laughs> No, that's the point, but, uh, you no, but know. Like, like, that's my biggest nitpick of the movie, and if that's my biggest nitpick of the movie, that's fine. Well, that was one of, well, I won't, that was, that was, that was, that was one of MJ Preston's big nitpicks is that they didn't have that scene in the last film. But we're not going to talk about that film. So. Oh, that film. That film. So stop bringing it up, Mike. Oh, it was so bad. Shut up. I didn't bring it up. Mike did. Both of you, stop it. Anyway, Um, say something interesting. (laughs) I really liked the wood chipper scene. Yeah, that was was my second favorite. That is a candidate for for, uh, that is a candidate for checkoff of the year. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. We see that at the beginning of the film. There's just a wood chipper sitting in the basement in the parking lot, rather. And as they get out, I think when they get out of the car, you know, you just see the the door flap open on the wood chipper to let you know it's, it's all set weird. and ready to go. Yeah, it's a very weird place for a wood chipper to be because it's in a parking garage. It's not like it's on the street well, or in a I'll yard. Tell you, I, I'll tell you why, Barrett. Because where I live, fairly rural, you have police cars in people's yards. You have um, um, electrical trucks in people's yards, dumpster d- dump trucks and, and uh, the cement trucks because you have people who have those jobs and they just take the car home with them. So that's what I was going to say somebody in the building probably needed that for work. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's, that's exactly. But what parking about. garages are usually when there's not a lot of space anywhere. And I don't think that they would allow a wood chipper to be in there. Well, when, when the building's knocked down anyway, so I don't think they're really enforcing. That's parking. true. Yeah. You have a point. You can always pay extra for, for uh, more parking too. True. So, like, I, I, my, I have a, an aunt who lives in Manhattan, and the last time I went to visit her, you know, you pull into the the parking garage, and like, there's barely any room in there, and it's just because it's a, it's, it's a, yeah, it's like Boston. There's, well, it's not like it was a big parking garage with lots of spaces that were just filled. It was a tiny little parking garage and just a handful of spaces. Like, she had to call ahead of time and make sure I could get in. Um, and I don't think, like, now that Pam has a truck, I don't think we could get her truck in there um no this is a fairly big garage lots of room lots of open spaces so i don't think anybody was going to complain especially since the building was scheduled to be, to be demolished and this is one of the things i want to talk about the setting for a minute yep um because evil dead is one of these films that gave us the cabin in the woods trope right um it may be the one that i, I i'm not going to say it is the first one but it feels... I don't know of one earlier. Was that? I don't know of one earlier. Um, I mean, I guess you I could... Th- I think, it, I think it gets to first. But, you know, that wasn't really so much of the isolated cabin in the woods. That was a camp in the woods. 
But the the big thing here, this is basically Evil Dead takes Manhattan. Yep, yep. Sort of like well, but but I don't know if I categorize it like that. Well, that was kind of how it was it was kind of portrayed, but it's really it's moving it into a and that's what I want to say is that it's not they don't play up the fact that it's in a city. Um, It's in a small because it's Evil Dead Rise, which may make you think it's in a high rise. It's in an apartment building that's, I don't know, uh, was it 14 stories? I don't know. Makes Something sense. Like that. If I, yeah. If I looked at the elevator, which is, which you know, so it's not that big. Yep. The main oh, thing yeah, is, yeah. When they, lo- when they looked out their window, it didn't look like it was more than four flights up that they were on. They were on like four yeah. or something. Yeah. And I may be getting the, the number 14 wrong, confused with something else I had watched. Um. So yeah, they're not that high up. So it's not like they're taking they're not there because they're taking advantage of being in a city environment the way say Scream 6 did with like the the, the subway scene. Mm-hmm. It's basically it puts some traps them on one floor of an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And that that just gives them a different setting. It gives them easy access to people outside the main cast because they have other neighbors that admittedly don't last very long. Uh but it just puts them in a different environment but the fact that they're not in the woods makes it like uh even more claustrophobic well and more interesting too and and, yeah yeah yeah. they're they're literally trapped in with the demon because very early on the the elevator collapses and the stairs collapse so they have no place to go um the only option they have is getting into an apartment which has the fire escape but that apartment is locked and they're having trouble getting in it's, yeah, it's seriously locked. Like not just kind of locked. You need, you need some serious equipment to get through it. They right. it. It has one of those realtor locks on it too, which is like yeah, you, you know. So so it's not just the regular lock of our apartment, but it also has one of those padlocks that realtors put on. So you know you can you can come and visit the apartment, and all you have to do is put on a code so you can show it off to other people. And so it was like no way to get in unless they somehow chopped it open and, and did they even have the tools to do it right right but yeah. i thought that i thought the apartment setting with made the movie more interesting um because you know the cla- classic cabin in the woods that's all good but uh, we've seen it before right yeah a million <laughs> times, times, now. times now. we've seen two yeah. evil dead movies where they're running around a cabin um right. And and you you pretty much know all the setups there, right? There's the trap door in the floor. There's the vines in the woods. Uh, you know you know everything that's going to go down. Um, so I'm glad they didn't go back there. And once you move to the apartment, you know there's a whole bunch of new, like what's going to happen there? No vines. Oh, cables in the elevator. Um, well, see, that's funny thing is is as the mom is attacked, I thought to myself, well, I guess the good news is she's not going to get raped by a tree. they made it feel like they were going to do that but then they just did the you know spreading of the legs instead of doing that scene so that was cool i make me wonder if there might not be a deleted scene well Um, and they they did set it up really well too because by choosing la uh the earthquake can destroy the 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 stairs it can open up a hole Mm -hmm. of the old bank um and then, of course, when the elevator happens, that's where, where she, the first possession occurs, so it wipes that out. And and then, of course, the, the earthquake destroys all self-service and, and on and on and on. So so it's like, oh, my God, this is this is like perfect setup in the middle of a city 
where you can believe all these things are occurring without saying, oh, here we go again. Uh, the cell phones don't work because they're right. in the middle of nowhere. You know? mm-hmm. And so it was really well done. It was, it was just well, and it felt The earthquake even felt a little mystical to me. Um, and But yet, because they're in L.A., you're like, well, it could just be a regular earthquake. But it really was convenient that it opened up to the book. It seemed more mystical to me because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And 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 honestly, um, the hole in the ground and and the vault and all that stuff, it was it was just a cool way to to bring the deadites involved. And then when you find us all this religious shit down there and yeah, all the and crosses then, and stuff hanging. Yeah, and it's like, where's, the, which yeah. was my other minor nitpick is I'm pretty sure a bank wouldn't let you put that in there, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, though, well, yeah, yeah. The, I, I would concur about the, the grave, but, I could see the book being in there, and, and, the, the, and the book fine. The giant well, could have been an abandoned ten thousand medallions hanging from the ceiling. Ceiling probably not. It could have been an right. abandoned bank that wasn't being used. Well, I, I well and that's what it is at this point. But I'm sure that stuff went in there when it was a bank. <laughs> Maybe, but there was nothing in. in any of the boxes. Right. Well, I, I could see the I could see the crosses, the, the, not the crosses, but the giant cross being there because you know that's that's something you could put in a vault. But to allow all the little crosses and maybe know, banks had policies in 1923. I don't know. Maybe it was a Catholic church bank. I bet they have vaults. Yeah. No, no, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you get so upset by all my nitpicks. <laughs> upset by what? My nitpicks. Oh, I'm not upset by them. I'm just coming up with ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not trying to I get your right? nitpicks. They're fine. I agree. No, with but them. Uh, talking about the book, um, one of the things I thought was really interesting about this movie is that they dropped a little tidbit in on one of the records that this was one of three volumes. Yes, yes. Um, so clearly the one from the original movie is one of those volumes. And this is another one of the volumes. So either they're counting the one in the remake is the third volume, or that's the same one from the original evil dead. And there's another volume out there. I think there's another volume out there. So that that's a, that's another possibility for another sequel is there's another volume out there. It's in the Vatican. That'd be awesome. Possibility. Since this is a different book and not the same one from the original, wouldn't it be kind of neat? The third one could be the one from the remake. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. It could be. I would prefer it didn't. (laughs) I don't see how it could be the one from the remake because that would have to, then this would have had to taken place before the remake. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping the remake. Yeah, let me get where I'm going with this. Yep, sorry. Mike interrupted you, and I couldn't help but interrupt him. Where, where, where I'm going with this is that perhaps somebody that encountered the original book comes back to take, take care of business in L.A. Oh, Bruce. Yes. That, I think, would be fun. That would be well, really Bruce fun. Bruce sworn off ever playing uh ever paying ash again and then well he said that before ash versus evil dead too so yeah so there's 
And there were a lot of people who swore off things before Jamie Lee Curtis made a shit ton of money off of Halloween. <laughs> right. right. It's all about the money. Or, 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 Lee, or, or Lear, Lee, Lee, Leonard Nimoy. I'll never play Spock again. You know, on and on and on. This yeah. is all you have to say to Bruce is, do you want to do, do, do Medicaid commercials or do you want to do another Evil Dead? <laughs> yep, exactly. That's the truth. I'm not um, saying it's going to happen. I'm saying I think it would be fun. <laughs> it would, it would, would be really fun. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, um, let's see here. Um, so there was a couple of nitpicks I had, similar to Eric. One was they're trying to open the the door to get down the fire escape, and then they grab the shotgun, and then they just don't use the shotgun to blow the door off, like the guy originally wanted to do the neighbor and they, they go to the elevator. So I, I felt like that didn't make any sense. Um, well, there was, it seemed as if any opportunity they had to do that, that I showed up and, and yeah, attacked they got them. Interrupted. Yeah. But, but, they, but, but they went to the elevator and the same thing happened, right? They could have just shot the door and I don't know. It was just, no, I, I have a hard time believing that they, that they the needed it. Particularly after an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's that's what what they said earlier in the film. Yeah. 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 So I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, and so, I have a hard time believing that that door couldn't be gotten through without a shotgun. They had to have shit in their houses or their apartment. Well, again, they're under yeah, assault oh, by deadites. And all, and also they they mentioned and uh, this was a really so good, maybe just then they don't no, remember where they left the hacksaw. <laughs> no, but, but no, but this this was a really good thing they said. And, and when they said it, it was like, oh, that was a good comment to make anybody who has a nitpick not have a nitpick, which was they said, well, this is an old building. These doors are wicked hard to get through. Because back that is in the true. Day, yeah, yeah, because back in the day, they made good doors. Nowadays, they yeah. Yeah. Now they're hollow. Much harder yeah. to get through than Hollywood doors. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So when they said that in the movie – I was like, ooh, they said that on purpose because they knew there was going to be people like me that were going to say, that's fucking stupid. Well, and it could be, <laughs> it could have been a metal door. I mean, it, it is possible. Right, right, right. But but all in all, they said that comment. And so that, in my opinion, cleared up everything and says, okay, yeah, there's no way they're going to get through that door unless they blow it open or, or had an, a fire axe or something. But in the end, it didn't matter, right? Because that all the stairs were down. Well, and, and also, also the, that apartment, that, that whole thing about the, the the fire escape, it was all a red herring anyway, because we never see it. Right. You know? But but that was one nitpick I had. That, that was one nitpick. Okay. Uh, but that was it. That was really really the only nitpick I had. I, I, I did read some reviews. I went to RogerEbert.com, and I forget the woman that, her, uh, that reviewed it. And one of her nitpicks... Uh, she liked the movie, but she had a nitpick like like she felt the the pregnancy was written by a man, which it was, and and I didn't I didn't think that made any sense because it seemed like a legitimate way a woman would act, or at least this woman would act about the pregnancy. Um, I also, if you know uh, what you have in common with the writer, Phil, what he's Irish, you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the uh, other thing. Um, uh, what else did she say? Uh, that yeah, she she had that problem. Oh, she said the first thirty minutes were too slow because she was going in expecting complete chaos right from the beginning, and and that didn't happen. However, she said 
it didn't bother her that much, but it it was it stood out in her opinion. You need a little. I didn't feel it was that up. slow, but I mean, no, has I, she I, watched Skinamarink? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I actually thought I actually thought the first thirty minutes was awesome because yeah. it was like, holy shit, it's all setting it up. It's oh my god, they found a a hidden room. Oh my god, it's the same, it's the deadites that are in there. Holy shit, you know. While she was saying, well, they should have just had a possession immediately, and I was like, uh, no, that would have just uh, yeah, that'd been too fast. Yeah, it, well, and she's got to forget that that most of the people that went to see this film are probably like. 18 years old with their dates and, and they've never seen any of the originals. And, and so they're going in and this is like, Oh, this is cool. You know, while she's probably seen all of them and she's like, Gee, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's too slow, but either way she liked the film, but I, I didn't think it was a problem at all. I thought that first 30 minutes was awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. One of the things I thought was weird in the beginning was, so it says one day earlier, she's it's, it seems to be I nighttime missed, and she's at a show. And then she goes and shows up at her sister's. That seems like it has to be the next day. And she says that she just flew in from wherever she came from LA. Yeah, that is a little, that is a little uh, inconsistent. Yeah, like something that. felt weird about that to me. But I could let that pass just because it was just giving us a feel for her character and what she was doing before she went there. But that right. was, seemed out of place. Yeah, see, I, I, I had no idea. I, I missed that, too. I, I just assumed she was in L.A. <laughs> I, I that, that. That you have to thing. assume that because it transitions from her yeah. being there, finding out she's pregnant, to her being outside that building, and then she tells her right. sister she just flew in from LAX. Yeah, see, and I missed oh. that. I missed the LAX. Or I, I heard it, but I just assumed... I just flew in meant like, you know, 48 hours ago because some people, right. Oh, I just got here, you know, even though they've been here for four, you know, four days or something. That could be the concert might've been in LA. It's just, they don't explain that. So it felt right, right, right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I missed the whole 24 hours thing anyway. So none of this was a nitpick for me because I missed that placard for some reason. Hmm. Maybe I was texting. (laughs) Oh no! You know what it was, Eric. I was already. T- I was beginning to take off my pants to get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw, oh shit! People are in the well, theater. I got to put that, them back. That's there. acceptable then. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, no, that was that was excellent. So a good one. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I'll be uh, here next Thursday. I'll be here next Thursday. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, so, uh, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually, honestly, I had no idea that any, I, I did not think any of the kids would die. But, oh, I was so happy when they started dropping. But yes, that's what I was like, too. Yes, they're killing I the kids. Believe, I don't yeah, believe I couldn't it. believe it. I could not oh, believe boy. that they did that to almost all the kids. I was, yeah, it was well, and, and then when the, yeah, when the daughter gets hit, as a demon, I was like, no way they're going there. And then I knew immediately who was going to survive and who was, wasn't. But before that, I had no idea who was going to survive. Um, and the thing that was also cool, too, was was that um, to, to, uh, to have um, the kids die, mm-hmm. it's it, – when the mother, as Mike already and you too, Eric mentioned about the you know the parents and stuff, the mother you know mm-hmm. the mother being, she said to the before she, right before she died when she was still alive as part human, she says make sure you assess that you you protect my children. Mm-hmm. 
And then boom, two, they, two of them die. And it's like, no way. That was awesome. So it was because it was unexpected. You know, yeah. it's not because well, I and, wished them to die, but it was like, no way that this is a, this is a real film. There's and, no pandering. Let me, let me tell you the part of the movie that totally grossed me out. It was, it was when the mother, when she was possessed, uh, was attacking Jessica. I think her name was the teenage daughter. Um, okay. and, and at one point her, her tongue like comes snaking out of her mouth is like 10 inches long. And it's like, looks like she's going to forcibly French her daughter. <laughs> That's why I just went, Oh God. Right. And instead she, she, she like licks the cut on her face or something. And licks the plug <laughs> off. No, when that tongue came snaking out of her mouth, I just gave me the fucking heebie jeebies. I was like, Oh my God, that is nasty. Indeed, indeed, yeah, yeah, gross, yeah. So, so th- this film was great. This, this film was great. It's good stuff. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? There, there's going to be other stuff on people's uh, agendas here they wanted to bring up. Uh, I enjoyed the um, the stabbing in the kitchen, um, the the knife going all the way through the son's arm. That was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, that was. And you know what else was like pretty yeah. awesome too was when the the sister gets the knife through her hand. Because I, I, that was unexpected too. It's like no way they're gonna kill her off too, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then of course she actually survives. But but that was pretty awesome because again it, it made me start questioning who was gonna die, you know. Right. That's good. That's good because a lot of times you, you already know who's gonna die, and it's like ah, jeez. I we had a lot of good gory the, scenes. I was actually expecting the older daughter to end up being the final girl, mm. um, and I was really expecting the. I, I, I was I was kind of surprised they killed the kids off. Uh, happily, of course. Uh, <laughs> as happy as I would have been had it been uh, three for three. Because it takes real balls to kill off the nine-year-old. True, true. <laughs> no, true. but I did enjoy the fact that the nine-year-old actually offed her sister. Uh, that was pretty fucking sweet. Well, the nine-year-old, the one I like about the nine-year-old, the nine-year-old fucking learned and adapted. He right. was a dumbass. Who fell for the most obvious, like Wiley Coyote lame ass trick in the book? Mm-hmm. Got burned by it, and then after that, fuck them all. And, and, that, and that was my point. That was my point at the beginning of the conversation, where I said they all knew it really wasn't the mother. And and, and you're right, Mike. But the dumbass daughter didn't. Right, but after that moment she knew it wasn't her mother anymore. And and it was like, they all knew this is, this is just demons now or deadites if you prefer. And, and I like that. I liked it because they, they didn't say, you know, like, cause I always hate those films where, where they go, uh, you know, the, the demon pretends they're, you know, the spouse or the daughter or the husband or whatever. And they all fall for it. And it's like, dude, you know, it's, a, it's fake. You know, your wife's dead, you know, it, because the, the wife died 20 years ago and now she's in front of you and she, you're, you know, it's all fake. But here, they didn't fall for that shit. They, they they knew right. Nope, demon, 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 and I love that. <laughs> and you would good. expect the youngest daughter to fall for it at least once, right? Right. And right. then, like Mike said, she learns from that. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And and then she even knows that the sister is a demon after that. Yeah. You know, when the, yeah. You know, so that was good. I'm, I'm perfectly fine now with my dead white eyes. <laughs> that you can see clearly through the door. 
John, I also enjoyed the fact that the sister, that the youngest sister, made that stupid little head on a stick. Yeah, a staffing to, to protect her, and it's a stupid little kid thing. Staffing <laughs> totally Staffin. fucking stabs her older sister through the skull with it. I'm just like, oh my god, that's the kitty. Which and and that, the other Chekhov in the film. That's what I was yeah. about to say, Mike. That yeah. was the that was a huge Chekhov, and, and yet I didn't even think shit. it. Shit, Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. That was it. Stephanie, that yeah. was awesome. Chekhov, Stephanie. Yeah, because it's a staff and Stephanie, and so there you go. The name Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, though 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 there was one part of it that. It didn't pay off, which was the coins in the head to make the noise. That was that was a red herring, but it was actually used to save them, as she said. It's going to save us from the ghosts or whatever the hell she said it was. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And the broomstick right through the sister's head. That was like no way. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, and and it was awesome because it was legit. It wasn't like again it, this film. Was I, I don't know I don't know I'm, I'm probably talking stupid but but this film felt real it didn't it didn't pander to me of course it had the fan service as you mentioned Eric but 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 again that 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 was a little different than there was no stupid parts in it that's what I'm trying to say there's yes. nothing stupid about it it was so well done yeah okay. best film ever well and then <laughs> at, least, at least for 2023 was that Mike? You had and and again to me the the idea of the the Kandahar demons is that they torture the fuck out of people. Um, and then you have a thing at the end where they kind of lean into the thing. Yep, yep. Or perhaps there is that scene in Color Out of Space. Well, and 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 Mike, they they made sure to keep it in the dark because you know that it was low budget and they didn't want to make it look stupid. Right. Where where and and. It may have been. Oh, what was that film? The Color Out of Space, where where the guy's yeah. wife merged. Yeah, that one was another one. Yeah, where the three bodies merged together. And I saw it might have been Don and Nelly from the Hard Countdown podcast, uh, but it might not have been. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But you didn't like this movie anyway, so fuck you. Um, <laughs> Don didn't like this film. Is he insane? Don oh Don God. Don prefers the remake. Uh-huh. Um, Oh, my goodness. And actually, I, that's not true. He put gave this like an 8 out of 10. I think it's like the original 3. He gives 10 out of 10. The remake, I think, must give a 9. Oh, you're just trying to start shit. Yeah. Yes, I am. But yeah. I, think <laughs> he I think it was him who complained that that was more Resident Evil than it was Evil Dead. I, I, I don't know. I don't think Evil Dead has rules. Um, right, besides, right. It, the, the demons are there to torture whatever poor unsuspecting victim they can before right. they finally swallow their soul well yeah i mean it's it's not it's not seen in any of the other evil dead films but it's a great addition right you can add it why not what's wrong with adding it just like you know uh uh 28 days later or or zack snyder's dawn of dead decided to make zombies fast what's wrong with that it's good so you let's add uh demons that that weld together that's awesome i'm with it Mm. good stuff well and to me the fact that they like I can't adequately express how much that one little tidbit in the record made the movie better for me about this being one of three volumes, because either you do have something that's different, like the the conglomeration monster, 
this is a different book, so there might be different rules. And that's awesome. And that was Bruce Campbell saying it, too. That was him on the record. That's right. There right, but like I said, I think you, you can make an argument that the three books are the, the, the Raimi book, the remake book, and this book. That would be three. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, honestly, Although I just the they, remake they, kind of implied it was the same universe as yeah, the original yeah. because the car was there. And, and and also, I'm hoping that the uh, remake, they just forget about, like, like the new Halloween films, <laughs> forget about all the films so. except the first one. You know, just forget it. Garbage. <laughs> uh, but on a serious note, um, uh, I wonder if the three records was intentional because of the three books too. But well, there were four records. Oh, really? They so, just you know, didn't get to listen to them all. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And maybe the fourth record would have gave them the the spell that. Would I think they they skipped the third record. Yes, you're right. Yeah, she said. Yeah, she because when she did her little uh, jury rig uh, electrical engineer trick, I believe she was listening to the fourth fourth record at that point. That's right. Well, and speaking of that. To, to see this, this is this is great because when you have stuff that's out of focus in the back, and you see the daughter in the sheet, and it's like, did I just see something? And then you see the mother coming through <laughs> right. the air shaft, air shaft. Did I just see something? And you know, there's another there's another Chekhov's gun, the cat in the in the air shaft, right? Mike? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, because that pays off too. Um, like cat going, what the fuck is this shit? I'm yeah, I'm saying- out of here. <laughs> uh, but but yeah yeah this 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 uh has her cat real... will absolutely abandon you in the face of danger oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well it may stay around so we can eat you after <laughs> maybe but it'll hide while the shit's going down yeah yeah that's true that's true but but yeah this, this was this was a great um great atmosphere stuff as well because like i said the stuff in the background is like no way did i and and they they show the 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 daughter in the sheet like quickly. And then like five minutes later, it, it pays off like five minutes later. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like, maybe I didn't see that. Maybe I miss, I'm just, you know, thinking I saw it because then they have to deal with the door at the front and they to prevent the mother from getting in because the daughter opened the door and all that other stuff. And then five minutes later, they're walking in the hall again and you see the sheet in the background unfocused. And it's like, yep, I saw it. Here it comes. And then, boom, the daughter, um, the older daughter, kills everybody or tries to kill everybody. So that was good. That, I like that. That was good. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Kept me on my, my toes. When a horror film still does that to you, like us, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's the disadvantage of doing what we do um, is that when you watch a horror movie every week for, I don't know, 10 years straight. uh <laughs> 12 years straight and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Get to a point where it's like, Oh, it's one of these. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And when you get something that's really uh, fresh and exciting, like I think evil dead rise was, uh, it's all that much more exciting. I think cause, cause you're just, you, I was not expecting anything from this movie. And uh, it, it's the, my favorite movie of the year so far. I'm yeah. so thrilled. Yeah, and and they and you know they pulled off a, a urban setting and without out, us rolling our eyes, uh, they they pulled off um, uh, the 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 merging of, of the corpses. You know, so it was all all this stuff was fresh, and, and you know you don't expect this in the Evil Dead, and and there it was. Now, 
All right. So, uh, what else did we want to bring up? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I did like. I mean, even though I know all the neighbors were just fodder. Again, the, the script is smart enough to show why they're fodder without making me say, "Ah, oh, those characters were just there to get killed." Because once you get the demon out of the house, those people are just doomed. And and it makes sense. So it wasn't like, like, oh, let's just have these characters be extra characters so we can kill them off. It was, okay, we're going to have them get killed off, but there's a legitimate reason why it happens. And and it was, it, I don't know, it just, it just worked for me. It didn't bother me. No, that it, it did work. Uh, now that I think about it more since you brought it up, Phil, what really doesn't work, if you stop to think about it, is that for the majority of the film, they're like, Oh, can't use the stairs, can't use the elevator, can't use the stairs, can't use the elevator, can't use the stairs, can't use the elevator. And then they're like, oh, let's use the elevator. <laughs> they, were, they were kind of pushed into that elevator. I guess. Well, that's, that's, so why, that's why I, I think, because literally seconds earlier, they're, they're hammering the door, and then she gets the shotgun, and it's like, oh, yeah, she's going to use the shotgun, just like the guy said, and blow the door open. And then they don't do that, and they use the elevator. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> That was ridiculous. Yeah, I thought that was that was silly. Um, I did like how the the demons weren't smarter than the people in a sense that you know they they have intelligence like people they have intelligence but they're not smarter than the people. So when the elevator has too much weight, it allows the people to escape because the demon didn't think of that. Or the demon gets thrown out of the house and then the demon just can't figure out how to get back in. You know, so so even though they're supernatural beings in a sense as Mike said, you know, a cosmic or whatever, they that doesn't necessarily mean they're stupider or smarter than humans, you know? And I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of cool because I was just expecting that they would be like these super powerful like entities and and they aren't. They're they're just insane, but they're not smarter or, or actually stronger than, than people. And I thought that was pretty good. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I feel that's what, what's a, a lot of problems with a lot of vampire films or werewolf films nowadays is that well, they're like, they're not necessarily stronger than people, but they do not care about getting injured. Right. And that's really their advantage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else did we, uh, we want to bring up? Anything else uh, that was on anybody's list that they wanted to talk about that we missed? Anyone? Anyone? I'm sure there was. There was a lot in this film. All right. I mean, well, did we even mention that the sister is pregnant? Well, yeah, you did because you said that she was uh, you were, she was a man pregnancy. Um. Yeah, right, right. Well, and one of the best lines in the movie is when the youngest oh, the daughter, well, she says something to the youngest daughter, like, everything's going to be okay. And she says, you're going to make a good mom someday. You're good at lying to kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, oh right. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Also, I, I uh, like the scene when, when the demon mom says, I'm going to swallow your soul. And then she, she looks up. Two souls. I was like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> well, you also had little things like, like for example, the mom sitting there cracking the eggs, which are uh, on the, the skillet, yeah, right. you know, which are also a symbol of fertility. Uh, literally the idea that the demon is a thing growing inside of you. Um, 
is kind of touching on that. Um, I, I was really curious, you know, there, there really was, I guess, so they didn't just let one child survive. They technically let two, I guess, depending on how you could count that. I was wondering exactly but what would happen. But a different mother, though, but from a different mother. If a deadite had survived, well, no, that's just the fact that it's a child. I don't give a fuck whose child it is. They're also fucking die. But um, it's it's like what would happen if like the if the the fetus had gotten infected, you know? It got well, I was wondering about that. If it was possible for a dead aid to infect the fetus without all, all I'll say is this was if this was a Raimi movie, and Bruce Campbell well, was pregnant, you totally know Sam Raimi would have gone there. <laughs> well, 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 you know, <laughs> fighting you know, in his pregnancy belly. Well. You know, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, I was thinking that a little bit, too, that maybe they were going to go uh, James Gunn, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, right? Where the baby, uh, there was a zombie baby, you know? So uh, I was thinking that. I was thinking it. But, um, again, if they had done that, though, it's like, okay, we've seen that again. And I'm glad they didn't do that because it would have been kind of neat, but it would also would have made me go, ah, they're just ripping off the Dawn of the Dead. So I'm glad they didn't go there. I'm glad they didn't. Well, no, but there's six. Having that, literally having it inside of her, I just, but I don't know how mechanically you would have made that work, but right, uh, right, not, and and they don't, and really, it's 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 an afterthought for most of the film. Even though you see her clutch her stomach a few times, uh, they always remind you of it. But it's right. like it's not like they. The demon says, "I'm going to have two souls, swallow two souls." That was awesome, right? But if you if you remove the pregnancy story, the film mostly plays out the same. Yep. Right. Right. There, there, right. there is no Chekhov's fetus. Well, yeah, but but you said I was thinking that about the whole setup too. They could have had the sister not be a fuck up, and the sister was just pregnant and and came to visit. You know, and and the film still would have carried along the same way as well, right? So that that. Is a fair point, Mike, but but I felt that way even for the setup, too, that they didn't have to have the daughter, I mean, the sister be dysfunctional. They could have just had them. They didn't even have to have them be uh, dysfunctional in the first one. They could have had the father uh, on vacation uh, for work or something, and, and he just wasn't there. Or, you know, So there's a lot of things you, you, you know, that the movie still would have played out if they had changed it and set it up a little differently. Am I right? Thoughts, Mike? Yeah, probably. I'm just it just was a choice that um I kind of wonder why they make it. Like I said, I think there were certain things they paid off in it thematically. Uh, but I don't know well, what was there I'll tell you what, I, plan for. I'll, it? T- I'll tell you what it was. It, it's like you said, there, there's the whole thing about uh uh parent child. So that was an addition to that. It was also a thing to put in some some cool scenes where, like like I said the uh, uh, I'm going to swallow your soul. And then she looks up and goes, oh, two souls. Yeah, you know, so there, there, there's a lot of things that make it uh, a better story by having it there because it does follow the theme of mother ch- children. If, if, if you really want to feel the film has that theme as well as just adding some awesome one liners in the film too, I felt. Um, and, and also, you, you know, if Chrissy was here, she would say, oh, this was uh, how the, the sister was now growing into being a character that would, um, you know, like, like in the movie Megan, 
where the, 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 the sister would now become suddenly uh, responsible and, and come into herself and be. Uh, but that, uh, but that's, that's you know. very definitely what that film is about. Sure, sure. Well, and this film kind of is like that too, because this girl doesn't want to have an abortion, right? Right? She 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 wants. Well, to I, I don't to think that that's one hundred percent until a certain point in the movie. Yeah, all right, that's fair. And, I think at the beginning, and then, she's she's trying to figure out what to do, and then there's a moment in the movie where she straight out says, "I'm going to be a mother," and that's when yeah. you know she's made her decision. Sure. That's fair. That's fair. So this is a, this is a pro-life film. There you go. Um, but on a serious note, um, I, I feel that that it's a, it was a way for her to grow into, I guess, the responsibility of of what is inside her, and not take the e- quote unquote easy choice. Even though I would not say an abortion is an easy choice by any means, but it also allows her to now be the surrogate mother to her nieces and nephews because the sister unfortunately has been taken out of the picture due to um, the demon. So it kind of has her grow that way too. Again, of course, you know, we could just say, Oh, you know, this is just overthinking, you know, there's, there's the symbolism which really isn't there. You know, you're just seeing it that way, but it, you know, as Mike said, there's a reason why they decided to, put a pregnancy in there you know uh, i mean why have it otherwise unless there's some reason just like they have that poster on the wall in the background that you know there's there's a reason everything's there the reason the clothes they're wearing and on and on and on so i don't know i mean you know and there's even more obvious things that have nothing to do with symbolism and just specific to the plot which is they having her as a guitar specialist so she can create the, the battery uh, to pl- turn on the record player or the son to be a DJ so he could know what to do and, and get the, the, the records to play. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do, you know, so, so there's a lot of stuff that are intentional for, for specific reasons. Um, I do want to say this about speaking of, of the record player and the DJ. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I, I would have a record player, the crank ones as well as electric ones. And if like, you don't turn on a record, and you spin the record, even though there's no power, you can still hear it coming out of the speakers. So technically, they could have done the spun the records and still heard it, even though they didn't have electricity. That's just a interesting fact that, that I remember as a child doing that. So maybe on a on a all in one unit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. I don't think on that setup he could have done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, Mike, any further things about, about the pregnancy and no. some of the points I made? You know, I don't know. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? I'm good. All right. Anything else? Anyone? Okay. Barrett, Mike? I'm all good. All right. All good. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's see. Uh, so, uh, just want to say that I, I started watching some of that Rick and Morty stuff again. And uh, again, uh, I, I was clueless to this show until 2021 when uh, um, an ex girlfriend of mine that I'm still, or we're still friends with, uh, suggested it. And so I was just kept on watching it. And uh, uh, it's still holding up these, these, these newer episodes that, uh, from the, the later seasons that 
uh, have come out. Um, and then I've, I've been playing. I just started playing uh, Dead Island Two. Uh, just ca- came out a couple of days earlier than it was expected, and uh, I pre-ordered it. And uh, so I played about uh, 45 minutes of it uh, during lunch today, um, and it looks pretty good. It's very similar to the original, but it actually takes place in L.A. So it's it's kind of speaking of this movie here. The interesting aspect of the this game here is they're taking a royal a ro- rural uh, island island type of horror like the cabin in the woods and then bringing it to la just like like this movie here so uh that's kind of interesting um and uh yeah that's that's about it oh and i've been playing some resident evil 4 uh the 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 reboot or remake of it um and that's 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 pretty good too uh so much i forgot about playing that game uh so we don't have much time so uh everybody else can probably maybe get another two minutes of what they've been watching and if they want uh eric why don't you start I only got one thing, so it'll be quick. Uh, I watched a uh, Thai monster movie called The Lake. Um, had a pretty cool-looking monster. Really dumb, dumb story. Um, so, you know, if, if all you need is a good-looking monster, check it out. If you need a story, then don't check it out. All right, sounds good. Um, oh, I, yeah, I... I Forgot. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was gonna let the person uh, that got me onto Rick and Morty. I was gonna uh, let them people know. Uh, I was gonna call her out, uh, Carrie. Carrie. So uh, uh, yeah, she was one of that. Um, what the heck was that, Eric? Me trying to get you to stop talking. Oh, I don't understand. Anyway, um, everybody else gets two minutes, but I get to talk as long as I want. Fair enough. All right, so let's go view Barrett. <laughs> I don't have anything to discuss. I'm good. There you go. There's the extra two minutes right there. Um, and Mike, what do you got? I went uh, two nights ago to see the movie Bo is Afraid by Ari Eister, Aster, yep. uh, who's the guy who did Midsummer and um, Hereditary. And it is being billed somewhat as a horror film. No. It is not. Um, there is a... 15-ish minute sequence at the end that you could argue maybe is horror-ish. But um, I feel like the only reason this is being billed as horror is because it's by Ari Aster and they just, 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 they just assume that because he Mar- marketed it that way. Before, what's yeah, that? Market it that way and so people that like him will go, oh, I gotta go see it. This is new horror. Yeah. And it is a three-hour long Road trip, shaggy dog story, um, and is it pr- pretentious douchebaggery? How's pretentious? There's douche? definitely some pretentious douchebaggery. I find it hard to understand how a person sat down and actually wrote this. Um, but LSD, for the most part, the, it's, it's 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 visually strong, and Joaquin Phoenix gives a very solid performance. A lot of the performances are good, but. There's several, you could almost break it down into episodes. If this was a Tarantino film, there would have been several places for uh, title cards. Um, but I know, so there's the, the first sequence, it's set uh, at more or less at his apartment and on his street. And then the second sequence is set in a house with Nathan Lane. And at the end of the Nathan Lane story sequence, um, I kind of felt like, you know, it was that we must. It was a good, solid film. And then I 
looked at my watch and it was we were only an hour into a three hour movie. And my heart started to sink because it felt like it should be heading towards an ending. Uh, and then it went into this weird sequence where there's a play in the woods and great visuals, but like could have been completely excised from the film and I don't think really would have affected it a whole lot. And I still was with it until the final, final scene of the film, which is where I think it finally collapsed under the weight of its own pretentious douchebaggery uh, in a courtroom scene is, is basically the best way to describe it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I would, This is the kind of film I'd have a really hard time recommending to anyone. This is not like one of those fevered dream where you don't know what's going on kind of trippy films. You can follow the narrative pretty straightforwardly. It's basically about a man who's trying to get home to visit his mom. And the question is, will he come? Will he not come? And if he comes, will he survive the experience? That's basically all I can tell you um, without spoiling it. Uh, But it does get a little weird. It does get bizarre. Uh, I don't think all of it makes sense. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of film students who love the fuck out of this film. I like a lot of it. Fundamentally, I just have a hard time recommending it to anyone. And it's but certainly not a horror movie. But if you like what Astor did in his other two movies, give it a shot. All right, sounds good. Um, so uh, let's get into our final thoughts on this film here. But first, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Scansty Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. And uh, Barrett, myself, you, and Mike, among others, are doing another side podcast that we're going to be doing some uh, uh, superhero stuff in in the next month. Yeah, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, a place for things that do not make the Dark Discussions podcast and other things such as books, directors we interview, things like that. Uh, We will be doing The Suicide Squad soon, as well as The Peacemaker show. All right, so people should look out for that. And uh, Mike, me, you, and co-host Eric uh, do another side podcast. What's that all about? That is Cinema a la Carte. Uh, that is a movie in which we discuss the movies that do not fit comfortably under the Dark Discussions umbrella. So whenever a film comes up that says we want to review this, the question is, you know, does it fit here or does it fit there? And if it fits there, then we may do it in Cinema a la Carte. But really, that was while well, that was the intent, what we do is basically take turns uh, picking a film. Uh, most recently, we reviewed um, Sign Adventure. I'm not sure when that's going to be released, but we just recorded that three days ago. Um, before that, we've done uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. We've done History of Violence. We've done, uh, let's see, Forbidden Planet and Flash Gordon were two of mine. Inside Out and The Edge were two of Eric's and Collateral and Stalit were two of Phil's. So it's it's a very eclectic mix. We Because we are who we are, we do tend to have a little bit of a lean into other dark materials. Um, but they're not outright horror films. So, yeah, give us a, give us a listen if you like hearing us banter. Indeed, indeed. And uh, we also, uh, myself, Mike, Sean Fox, and Barrett wrapped up The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected. Uh, a last of us podcast uh, where we talk 
weekly about each episode of the HBO television series, The Last of Us, based off the video game. Um, also, I uh, must note that uh, the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that we just did uh, on, on the movie that just was released uh, has brought uh, a new group of listeners that never heard of our podcast. Obviously, they were searching for Dungeons & Dragons stuff, and they found Eric, our podcast. Eric, Eric, what do you what do you think uh, we, we, we could call uh, those people who listen to the Dungeons & Dun- Dragons podcast? Nerds. So uh, th- those folks uh, and and because of that, they coming to us because of that film. There, um, uh, a lot of them have uh, been downloading a lot of our back category. Uh, I mean, catalog uh, cool. as well. Yeah, yeah. Not not just dark discussions, but also uh, cinema a la carte, Halloween boutique, psychotronic reviews, and and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, so, uh, for example, Only our uh, first one hundred episodes are out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta have those back up. But, uh, but yeah, we we have people going all the way back to uh, episodes uh, early four hundreds and stuff like that too. That they were they were downloading um, and stuff. I, I, I don't have it uh, up on on the screen right now, uh, but there, I noticed that they were very old episodes that people were uh, taking a look up of uh, the same people that were downloading the Dark Discussions Dungeons and Dragons. Find it episode. I just yeah. find that that phrase downloading really old episodes like the ones from the early 400s. <laughs> yeah, I, I just brought it up that, as you were that talking. That moment like, when you realize you've been spending a shitload of time doing this. Yeah, yeah, we we got uh, people that were downloading Godzilla versus Kong, uh, Body Heat, um, and then uh, Candy Man, um, the the. Uh, the old one and the new one, all, all sorts of stuff that um, were just sitting out there. Uh, people were, and they were downloading thirty or forty at a time uh, as well, not just you know an episode here or there. So uh, hopefully, uh, they. I've they, done that before. I found a I found a podcast I was unaware of before and gone and binge listened to old old episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, obviously they they enjoyed our discussion on Dar- Dungeon Dragon, so they were checking us out. So we appreciate all the new listeners. So uh, thank you very much. Um, all right, so I guess we get into our final thoughts on this film here called The Evil Dead Rise. Uh, so let's start with you, Barrett. Loved it. Uh, thought it was a great start to more Evil Dead movies in the franchise. You should go see it. Uh, not kid appropriate. Very fun. Very gory. Great movie. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, I will uh, go with, uh, for my opinion, um, with Barrett. Uh, this is a great uh, restart of uh, a uh, a uh, dinosaur rock, se- uh, I guess, series of films because the 2013 uh, stalled, uh, and uh, this may actually reboot it, assuming you know they don't get into uh, rights problems like the Friday the 13th stuff had, and uh, maybe maybe we'll start seeing a lot of Evil Dead films like we we still see uh, Halloween and, and Scream uh, stuff. So so that that is a good thing, especially since this film is really good, uh, like, like top quality. This will be, I think, remembered in a long time as, as a great horror film and not just a blip. So, uh, yeah, uh, high recommend. Great film. Uh, let's go if you like. I'm seeing a lot of negativity online for it, which is, which is, which is funny. 
Yeah, well, you know, I bet you it's the people that love the original franchise. I bet you the people who don't know anything about the original franchise probably love it. While the people who say, oh, it's not funny, or it's not, you know, there's no Bruce Campbell, you know, they, they probably all hate it. said so. the remake was the worst thing ever. Oh, that film was terrible. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, Mike, anyway God damn Mike, it. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this film. I thought it was a lot of fun. I went in there with no expectations because I think the remake. Uh, did sort of reset that counter um, because it did so many things differently in style and tone than this, the trilogy. So I didn't know what to expect. And I found it had a little bit of, of uh, one foot in the original trilogy and one foot in the, in the remake. And that worked for me. Um, I thought it was, it got, went back to being playful and inventive in a way I didn't find the remake to be, uh, even if it can't quite match the, Raimi's brilliance uh, and you are lacking Bruce Campbell um, which is always going to be a negative uh, but we can't just hate every movie that doesn't have Bruce Campbell in it although we can try um, yeah so I definitely give it a recommend I'm very glad to see it succeeded in the box office I have a feeling we are not going to wait another nine years for a sequel all right Bert. I mean Eric I'm sorry <laughs> No, I love this movie. Uh, it's a great time. It's uh, my favorite horror of the movies used so far this year. Check it out. All right. And uh, speaking of uh, whoever Mike is referring to online, Facebook, uh, I, I, I've heard, I haven't seen it, but I've heard people saying the same thing you, that people are, are trashing it online. But if we look at Rotten Tomatoes, and again, you, you take that with a grain of salt, uh, just as you take the people online, um, 84% give it good reviews for critics. 79% for audience. So uh, it seems based off of the the regular people, whoever they are, um, they're right on board with, with the critics and, and us that it's a great film. So who knows who the people are on uh, on Facebook that seem to not like it. Trolls! Um, yeah, exactly. Trolls. All right. So uh, once again, uh, this film is called The Evil Dead Rise, uh, just released at theaters. Uh, the film is uh, grossed over forty-five plus million in USD, which is uh, a lot more than they expected for its opening weekend. It is uh, directed by Mr. Cronin, uh, who also did the film *The Hole in the Ground*. That that is a high recommend as well. Uh, the film uh, stars a fairly unknown cast, but but they all were excellent. And uh, it, yeah, I think Mike is right that uh, this is this is a great film to. Uh, uh, allow us to all believe that we won't have to wait another nine years. Uh, but I do want to state that um, you could take this film as a standalone, uh, as as Eric mentioned, uh, because again, uh, I know some people say, oh, it's not Raimi, it's not Tappert, it's not uh, Campbell, even though they're, they're producers. The, the point is, is um, it's still a great film, uh, just as a standalone, never mind as as part of the series. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it. So uh, with all that stated, Eric, why don't you lead us up? All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's just talk about Evil Dead Rise. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. <laughs> <laughs>